Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty. Welcome to the show about language and writing, rules and cool stuff. This week, I have a Super Bowl-themed show with a quick and dirty tip about where we get the words wage and wager and whether they're related, a meaty middle about what it means to punt something, and a tidbit about football shapes and words from the NFL rulebook. But before we start, I have an AP-style webinar coming up February 28th with Reagan.com. It's a basic and intermediate-level session for people who need to know AP style for work. It's live, and you can ask questions at the end. But if you can't make it live, it'll also be recorded. I'll put a link in the show notes, and I'll also be tweeting about it. My Twitter handle is GrammarGirl. And speaking of Twitter, I do gather and often answer listener questions there. And a couple of months ago, A.L. Wicks asked, What's the connection between wage and wager? I'm answering this question today in my Super Bowl episode because I live in Nevada, so I see what a big gambling weekend, a wagering weekend, this is every year. Wage and wager both came into English in the early 1300s from an Old North French word, wage, that means to pay, pledge, or reward, and was spelled G-A-G-E in Old French. The words are closely related— your wages being money pledged to you for work you did, and a wager being an amount you pledge when gambling. A secondary meaning of the verb wage, to carry out something, like when we talk about waging war, developed in the mid-1500s, probably from the idea of pledging yourself to a battle or campaign. The same root gives us the word mortgage, with that G-A-G spelling at the end from Old French instead of the W-A-G-E spelling. Mortgage literally means dead pledge. The mort meaning dead and coming from the same root that gives us the word mortal. The online etymology dictionary says that a mortgage was called a dead pledge because, quote, the deal dies when the debt is paid or when payment fails, unquote. The G-A-G root also gives us the word engage. When you engage someone in a project, they're pledged to you. And in a more metaphorical sense, when you're deeply engaged in a book or story or conversation, you are, in a sense, pledged to it. And finally, when you become engaged to marry, you're making a pledge. And in fact, if you go much farther back to Proto-Germanic, Wage comes from the same root as the verb wed, as in to marry, 
because back then a man would make a pledge, often of money, to take a wife. So if you're wagering on the big game this Sunday, don't go wild and bet your house or your mortgage. And when you look at your spouse and think of your engagement or wedding day, I hope you conclude that getting married was a good bet. And before we move on, Bookworm Baby 25 coincidentally asked me a different question about the word wage while I was writing this piece. The question was whether the word wages is singular or plural, because it seems plural with that S on the end, but you often hear it used singularly, as in, the wages of sin is death. In that sense, the wages means the reward, or the payment. The Oxford English Dictionary has wages listed as both singular and plural, as do other dictionaries, and the oldest entries treated as singular. In fact, the oldest entry is probably that line from the Book of Romans in the Wycliffe Bible, the wages of sin is death. Means is a similar word that can be both singular and plural, as in, it was a means to the end, or by using these means, he could change the outcome. In general, when means and wages have a sense of being one thing, go with the singular. And when they have a sense of being multiple things, go with the plural. And when you're talking about earnings, it's almost always plural, as in her wages are barely enough to cover her expenses. The singular form that always calls to mind the example, the wages of sin is death, is essentially a relic of English that exists mostly in that set phrase. To continue with our Super Bowl theme, next we're going to talk about punting. Punting first arose as a way to describe kicking a ball dropped from the hands before it hits the ground in rugby in the mid-1800s. And in football, that's American football, it means essentially the same thing. To punt means to kick the ball down the field. But as an idiom, to punt means to give up to defer action or to pass responsibility off to someone else. Nobody is really sure where the word punt comes from. It might have been from a regional dialect in England that might have come from the word bunt, but like I said, nobody really knows. I can tell you that the other kind of punting you may be thinking about, the kind related to flat-bottom boats you still often see propelled by men and women with long poles on the River Thames in Cambridge, England, That word has a completely different origin. It comes from the Latin word for flat-bottom boat that also gives us the word pontoon. Part of the Latin root is the word pons, which means bridge, because these flat-bottom boats were sometimes used to support a temporary bridge. Punt actually has a lot of obscure meanings as both a noun and a verb in glassmaking, gambling, and beyond. But let's get back to our modern giving-up meaning. Here are a few examples from the news. In December, the Washington Post described the U.S. Congress as, quote, punting the government shutdown into the new year, unquote. In other words, they gave up on fixing it in 2018 and decided to wait until 2019. The Post also described how the British Parliament, quote, punted one of the most momentous decisions in British history— Brexit, to a referendum, unquote. In other words, rather than deciding themselves whether Britain should leave the European Union, they punted responsibility for the decision to the British people. This phrase has its origin in football, and to understand why, you need to know the role that punting plays in the game. 
With that in mind, here is Grammar Girl's first ever lecture on football. In football, two teams fight for possession of the ball, trying to get it to their own end zone to score points. Once a team has possession of the ball, they get four chances to advance 10 yards. These chances are called downs. If a team runs a play and advances 10 yards, they gain four downs. If they advance another 10 yards, they get another four downs, and so on. The goal is to keep advancing until you're close enough to run the ball into your end zone or throw it to a receiver in the end zone. But moving forward 10 yards when you're blocked by guys who weigh 300 pounds or more isn't easy. Teams that don't gain those 10 yards run through their downs until they find themselves on their fourth down, their final chance. At that point, they have two choices, punt the ball down the field to the other team or keep the ball and try one more time to gain those 10 yards. For most of the history of football, most teams on most fourth downs chose to punt. That's because punting allows you to push the other team back down the field, farther from their end zone. But punting is essentially giving up. A coach who chooses to punt on a fourth down is essentially saying the chance of us failing on this play is so big that we're just going to give the ball to the other team. That's where the idiomatic sense of punting arises. The sense of giving up, backing out, and deferring action. It represents taking the safer route rather than the riskier one. According to edamonline.com, punting to mean giving up first started in the 1970s, when kids used the word punting to describe dropping a class so they wouldn't fail. But guess what? The use of data analytics in sports has revealed that punting on fourth downs isn't such a safe bet after all. NFL coaches who run the numbers often find their teams have done better when they've attempted to convert on fourth downs rather than choosing to punt. We saw this in last year's Super Bowl when the Philadelphia Eagles faced the New England Patriots. The Eagles coach twice ran a play on fourth downs instead of punting, and the Eagles won the game. Will we see the same thing in this year's Super Bowl? Will punting come to be seen as risky rather than safe? And if so, will the meaning of this idiom also change over time? We'll start to find out on Sunday. And if someone asks you to make nachos for the game— Don't punt the request and bring plain chips instead. That's just not the same. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. 
Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Before we wrap up, I have a shout out to a listener named Jim, who found out that I was doing a Super Bowl-themed episode and sent me the whole National Football League rulebook. As you may imagine, it's really long, but thankfully, he was with the NFL for 15 years and pointed out some of the more interesting parts. First, as we mentioned about punting, many of the rules come from rugby, and the ball itself was rounder and fatter, more like a rugby ball, until it was changed in 1935 to encourage passing. The rule book refers to the ball's shape today as a prolate spheroid, Spheroid, meaning roughly to have the shape of a ball or globe, and prolate that comes from a Latin word that means, among other things, extend. So the ball is an extended sphere. And one especially interesting word in the rulebook is muff. According to the rulebook, Article 6, a muff is, quote, the touching of a loose ball by a player in an unsuccessful attempt to obtain possession of it, unquote. It's used as a verb throughout the rulebook. For example, after a valid fair catch signal, the opportunity to catch a kick does not end if the ball is muffed. The Oxford English Dictionary says to muff means to miss, as in to miss a catch or a ball, especially in the game of cricket. And it was a noun first that was used to describe, quote, a foolish, stupid, feeble, or incompetent person specifically one who is clumsy or awkward in some sort of sport or manual skill. And the OED includes the phrase, to make a muff of oneself. I played sports in school, and I was okay at softball and gymnastics, but I never had the coordination for fast-moving ball sports. So you could say I was a bit of a muff at basketball and soccer. The origin of this meaning of muff is unclear, but the online etymology dictionary speculates that it might have come from the idea that you're clumsier when you have your hands in a muff to keep them warm. So thanks again, Jim. And for all you listeners who will be watching the game, I hope your favorite player doesn't muff the ball. Finally, I have a favor to ask. I want to make this show the best it can be, and you can help me do that by taking a short listener survey. It's a quick way to let me know what you like about the show and what I can do to improve. Find the survey at bit.ly slash grammargirlsurvey. That's bit.ly slash grammargirlsurvey, and I'll put the link in the show notes. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. That's all. Thanks for listening. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, 
to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.